Some say it couldn't be done, others said it shouldn't have been done, but through the power of stop motion and Christmas magic, the various clowns are back. Clowns Various has reassembled once again. I'm Jonathan Kwiatkowski, welcome to Anime Was Not a Mistake, and some people have said that I have the personality of a fist up my ass, so I think I'm going to fist right into this situation with these talking puppets tonight. I'm here as always with my effervescent co-host, he's going to melt before the last 4th of July Christmas firework goes off, so we have to record a little quickly tonight. Uh, well, no, but Dan Ryan, yes, Dan uh, Ryan uh, simple man it. trying to make my way through the galaxy, which will tie into something else, but, uh, yeah. yeah. And, uh, Dan and I here as always, but Dan, we seem to have some special guests, don't we? We do. Yeah, uh, would you like to introduce yeah. our first? Well, our first one is, uh, re- returning legend by fan demand. Is, legend? Is, fans? You have fans? <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> we have, we have bots and then, like, two fans, so, but, uh, but, but Grant is back. Back from yeah. Southtown, I see. Hello, yes, I'm back from the the land of tumbleweeds and oil. And no snow. No snow, no snow in South Down. Mr. 101. <laughs> and then if you're just recognizing that voice, uh, we have a tropical depression, and that's not just his personality. It's <laughs> Hurricane Cuba himself, Gabe Rivera. Yeah. Welcome to the pod, Gabe. Thank you. Glad yeah. to be here. Now I hear, Gabe, you have a past in radio. You know, I did a stint on college radio. Oh. You would have never heard me. Well, I always said you had the face for radio, so... You know, you're not the first to say that. <laughs> <laughs> but welcome, welcome, one and all. I'm glad we all beat the Rona to make it here in person. Sure did. Make sure you get uh, triple vaxxed and waxed and all that to enjoy your holiday parties, stay safe, and don't attend the Rocking New Year celebration <laughs> this year. Please, please. Um, I heard the special event this year is that they're all COVID positive. <laughs> yeah, that's how you get in through the door. <laughs> the ball drops, unleashes more COVID. Okay, it's just COVID in the ball. Uh, yeah, but uh, Gabe is new to our podcast, so we're happy and appreciative to have an outsider, you know, gazing in as a Jane Goodall type of viewing, you know, us animals record this podcast. Uh, Rankin Bass, here we are again, where we choose a few specials of these stop motion, you know, treasures Legends. from Legends. our youth. Mm-hmm. And we'll get to them in just a second, but uh, I don't have any banter planned. Anyone, like, watch anything interesting lately or, you know, experience something over the holidays they want to share? Uh, I'll give the floor to our guests first. If, you, like, any, any, if not, it's any, fine. This is kind of like any shoot the yeah, shit. Random nonsense that you want to <laughs> plug or talk about, by all means. Any political views? No. Political? <laughs> yeah. Well, let me tell you. Um, no, I don't have anything all to right. share today. Okay. Gabe? <laughs> no, I don't know. I don't have anything. Well, <laughs> this bodes well, doesn't it? Well, uh, it's not Christmas related, but the only thing mm. was the book of Boba Fett came out Oh yesterday. boy, here we go. Yeah, I should have opened Star the doors. <laughs> it was Star Wars, and uh, yeah, it was good. Check it out. It's a simple little, you know, minimalist thing like Mandalorian. It's like Samurai Jack-esque. You mm. just... It's Boba Fett, and he's doing things, and it's, uh... Only Boba I know is in my tea, dear. (laughs) (laughs) You should have let that joke simmer a little longer, I think. Uh, But, uh... Boba, check out those Boba Popsicles Which we'll be eating later, yeah. (laughs) Boba Popsicles? Oh, yeah, they're there. Take a bite of them later. See, it does. It does tie in. Um, Mm. But that's it. I don't know... I don't know what else, uh... Obviously, it's the... It's been the Christmas season. Mm -hmm. Crimbus. Uh... (laughs) I don't know if we did this last year to what extent, but any favorite other Christmas movies? Oh yes. Or holiday movies mm. that well, uh, Gabe just reintroduced not... us to one, a classic from our past that Heather hadn't seen for the first time. Oh. Uh, Care to speak on it? Grandma got run over by a reindeer. The very same classic. 
the fact that the woman got run over twice and didn't die <laughs> it's a kudos to her i rewatching this i forgot that the lawyer's name is i am slime <laughs> and that's been my go-to whatever you know i since watching that i have retained the services of i am slime <laughs> <laughs> It's um, uh, it's yeah. got the original gaslight gatekeep girl boss <laughs> character. <so>. Really <laughs> yeah, they're yeah. doing it flawlessly. We're all rooting for Cousin Mel in that movie to win, yeah. right? <laughs> um, I, I the only Christmas movie that I've watched is curring, coming up <laughs> later on the evening. Um, aside from Moonstruck, but we all know how I spoke about Moonstruck. We even have an episode on it in the vault. Yeah, yeah, because Moonstruck is anime. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It is. I will say we do have to pour one out for the Hudgmas trilogy. That, <laughs> oh, of course. That, that concluded this year the, with Princess Switch Three. Yeah. Isn't that uh, Vanessa Hudgens plays the same or oh, plays three she, different roles? She plays a new role every movie. Wow. And they just stack and stack and stack on. And in the latest movie, the Vatican donates Saint <laughs> Nicholas's Christmas star to the fictional country of Montanaro. Yeah. <laughs> and they lose it because, of course. And they have to hire evil Vanessa Hudgens to steal back the star. Wow. And they said, you know what you should do with a glass star from the 1200s? <laughs> Put it on top of a Christmas tree outside. <laughs> does does it get broken and then they get excommunicated or whatever? No. 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 Does the Pope himself show up? And yes. He... Well, the Cardinal shows up yeah. or someone higher up or in someone the church. Someone drew yeah. the short straw in the Vatican. <laughs> showed up. Yeah. We need to do Lifetime movies now. Yeah, I would highly recommend all three of that trilogy. The third one was the worst. The third one was the worst, but the second one, the third one was Cruella. If anyone's seen Cruella, (laughs) it's about the same cinematic quality. (laughs) And Grant, anything you've watched recently? No. Well, the only other Christmas movie I've watched this season is also coming up later this evening. So we're saving some of the tank. Yeah. we Sure are. Yeah, makes sense, makes sense. All right, well, we have a busy night ahead without mm-hmm. further ado. This is a section we like to entitle The Drawing Board. Um, unfortunately, or fortunately for some, it's very short this year. If you want more of the Rankin-Bass legend and, you know, backstory, listen to our first elongated yeah. episode. We, we don't have to unpack the technical aspect of... But, but again, they are, they are... It is technically Japanese animation, yes. so yeah. we're so. not... Isn't it like Toei animation? Yes, it's Toho animation, I believe. Yeah. 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 Um, So there won't be any Wangs or the Vienna Sausage Boy choirs this year for you guys to mock me for as I read my notes. And the notes are a lot shorter. We're also watching two movies apiece because we have four tonight. So we'll watch two movies, come back, and then watch the other two, come back again, and finish up the episode. That sounds good to y'all. So um, uh, we'll have 20 minutes or so to talk about those said episodes so we don't run over time, which, you know. We're want to do sometimes. But we're beginning with a seminal depressing classic, The Little Drummer Boy, 1968. Um, I don't know who has experience with this, but I remember oh, being I, horrified yep. by this film because there's a specific scene, and Gabe really hasn't seen any Rankin-Bass specials aside from The Year Without a Santa Claus. I haven't. The only thing I know about The Little Drummer Boy is my father likes to watch it every year after the Macy's Christmas uh, Thanksgiving Day Parade. Hmm. This one's a little bit of a down. <laughs> it's a watch after that, yeah. That, that tracks. Hmm. So, The Little Drummer Boy is a stop-motion television special produced by Rankin-Bass Productions based on the song of the same name. Don't know if you've ever heard it. It's that one, that banger with Pum in the title. Um, it was first televised December 19th, 1968 on NBC. The critical consensus reads, The Little Drummer Boy is a mature addition to the Rankin-Bass catalog with a powerful conclusion that compensates for the special's dour storytelling and unpolished animation. Wow, that was... 
unpolished animation. <laughs> Glowing praise. Um, I do like to mention some of their uh, the stack casts that's present here because this cast for a Rankin Bass film is stacked with old Hollywood legends and Broadway legends. So first we have Greer Garson as the narrator. She's a seven-time Academy Award nominee and record five-time streak holder tying with Betty Davis in the Best Performing Actress category. Mm. So she's got the big guns. You might know her from Mrs. Miniver. Well, I'm saying as if we would know her from it. I would know her from Mrs. Miniver, Goodbye, Mr. Chips, Pride and Prejudice, Blossoms in the Dust, Madame Curie, and many, many more. Real she was also drawing. in The Princess Switch. <laughs> <laughs> she was the old crone! <laughs> That's it. Um, real star crew for this Rankin Bass film. We have Teddy Eccles as Aaron. I put down Famous Child <laughs> because that's all I could find on him. He's from Mr. Ed, The Munsters, um, The Beverly Hillbillies, Herculoids, The Waltons, and MASH. Is oh. the kid on The Munsters? I don't think he's Eddie from The Munsters. Oh. I think he's just a kid on no. The Munsters. <laughs> Back then, you just had to be a child just to be a Just Famous Child on The Munsters. Um, we have Jose Ferrer as Ben Hadamad. He's a Puerto Rican, first to be... Um, she, he was not the first Puerto Rican nominated for Best Actor in the Academy Awards. And he's known for Serrano de Bergerac with an upcoming musical starring Peter Dinklage. I don't know if we're aware of that. Just, you know, oh, tying yeah, some yeah. things in there. Um, uh, first to be nommed and win the Oscar. Um, he's known as Emperor Shaddam in Doom 1984. Oh. And anytime I get a chance to plug Dune on this podcast, I have to mention it now. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Mm. Uh, Ship of the Fools, The Kane Mutiny, Lawrence of Arabia, an extensive theater directing career as well. We have Paul Fries, who will know the voice from, he's in all these Rankin-Bass specials, as Ali, Aaron's father, um, and the Magi. Um, American actor, comedian, vaudevillian, and impressionist, known for his work on Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer, Walter Lance, Rankin-Bass, and Walt Disney theatrical cartoons during the golden age of animation, and providing the voice of Boris Badenov in The Rocky and Bullwinkle Show. Probably his a, greatest credential. Yes, yes. Well, he's also a famous voice actor in the Disney parks mm -hmm. scene. Yes. Provides a lot of the onboard narrations for a lot of the famous attractions. The more you know. Mm -hmm. Keep your hands and feet inside the vehicle at all times. <laughs> well, hey, hey, well, yeah. He's the ghost host on the Haunted Mansion. Wow. Uh, you yeah. know, that's that's big. That's I, not nothing. Yeah. I know. I know it's not nothing. That's yeah. why I said it. Um, <laughs> also a contemporary voice, uh, voice actor for Mel Blanc. Uh, Freeze was known as the man of a thousand voices. Mm. Better than my sobriquet, the man of a thousand shots. Freeze was known <laughs> as the man of a thousand voices. Yes, Freeze was known as the man of a thousand voices. Oh, I just copied it from the Drama! Wikipedia. We got <laughs> drama! Maybe you can write the notes next time. Jacques. Yes. <laughs> Uh, we have June Foray as Aaron's mother, an American voice actress who is best known as the voice of such animated characters Rocky the Flying Squirrel, yes. uh, <gasps> Natasha Fatale, Nell Fenwick, Lucifer from Disney Cinderella, Cindy Lou Who from The Grinch, Jokey Smurf, Granny from the Warner Bros. cartoons directed by Fritz Fiedling, and Magica Dispel. So, from the DuckTales cartoons. One, or, of the, one of the greatest female voice actresses of yes. all time. <laughs> and we do have the Vienna Boys Choir <laughs> yeah. back again. They're singing the title song, so... Where's the joke now, huh? You laughed at me last year. What? What is this joke you keep... I need to go back and watch, listen to the old podcast. I don't know what joke oh, this was. Oh, well, you know, they laughed for a good long time about me. We were laughing about... Oh. And then... Yeah, in the midst of the notes, I think we were we were pointing things out. Yeah, they were having a little side talk amongst themselves while I was doing just the heavy lifting. Just to, you know, get a lot... But then everything was overshadowed by yeah. clowns various. Yes. Yeah, so, by the um, time the madness set in. Since well, and the dark wizard. Oh, yeah. Dark wizard. Since... Since we're watching two, there's actually a little-known sequel to this film, The Little Drummer Boy Book Two, from 1976. Yeah, uh, which I had no idea notes. about this. Yes, oh, and uh, many don't, actually. 
So we're going to give those notes now before we adjourn and watch the films. In 1976, Rankin-Bass produced a sequel titled The Little Drummer Boy Book 2. Back at it again. Mamma Mia, here we go again. <laughs> Whatever you want to call it again. Two times more drum. Sponsored. <laughs> Twice as much drum. Sponsored by the American Gas Association, <laughs> which is this podcast room today. So we will take that title. It premiered on December 13th, 1976, also on NBC, like its predecessor, had also aired on Freeform and separately on AMC as of 2018. Uh, Warner Bros. is the show's current distributor through the ownership of the post-1974 Rankin-Bass Productions Library. In this sequel written by Jules Bass under the pseudonym Julian P. Gardner, Aaron and his animal friends team up with Melchior, one of the Magi, to protect silver bells made to ring for Christ's <laughs> arrival and from a band of, uh, protect them from a band of greedy Roman soldiers because it was the Romans who killed Jesus, where we can all agree on. Do they sing the song Silver Bells in this movie? I don't know. You're going to have to wait in anticipation <laughs> for that banger to come but um, uh, Warner Archive released Little Drummer Boy book 2 in a collection called Rankin Bass TV Holiday Favorites Collection in which I scooped up online (laughs) we will not be watching the physical media for any of these tonight so Dan yeah, we don't want your... them in 4K so. yeah, it better be in 4K I want to see the thumbprint no, on that play what's the opposite of 4K no K <laughs> negative 4K uh, we have Greer Garson back again that Academy Award Oscar winner as our storyteller we have Zero Mostel famous from wow. Fiddler on the Roof the producers and more Broadway and film legend Tevya and Fiddler on the Roof Max Bialystok and the OG the producers as uh, Brutus we have David J, who I couldn't find any credits on online, so, yeah. Uh, we had Bob McFadden, American singer, impressionist, and voiceover actor, perhaps best known for his many contributions to animated cartoons. He's Milton the Monster from the ABC series The Milton the Monster Show, uh, Cool McCool from the NBC series Cool McCool, and Snarf from the syndicated series Thundercats. Yeah, there we go. You know, There's lots of Thundercats coming up, Dan, so you're going to have your time in the sun. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> Maybe this time. Yeah. <laughs> Praise be. Yeah. Uh, Tom Bosley, an American actor, television personality, and entertainer. Bosley is best known for portraying Howard Cunningham in the 1970s ABC sitcom Happy Days and the title character on the NBC ABC series Father Dowling Mysteries. Uh, he was also featured in a recurring role on Murder, She Wrote. He originated the title role of the Broadway musical Foriello which is a classic, earning the 1960 Tony Award for the Best Performance by a Featured Actor in a Musical. We have Ray Owens as Melchior, an actor and writer known for The Flying House in 1982, The Doctors in 1963, and The Superman Aquaman Hour of Adventure in 1967. <laughs> just a shrug from them to me I, yeah. yeah interesting pairing and then lastly we have Alan Swift known professionally as Alan Swift was an American voice actor best known for voicing cartoon characters Simon Bar Sinister and Riff Raff on the Underdog Cartoon Show so that's the light brief notes for this duology of Little Drummer Boy canon um, I don't know if it's going to hold up to you know the current Marvel situation or Spider-Man but we could see. Maybe this will surprise us. Well, we did watch a few of the, the big crossovers, yeah. technically. Yeah. So well, Last year was like the Marvel Ultimates Alliance with Rudolph's shiny <laughs> yeah. new year. That's your homework, Gabe. You're going to have to go back and watch that no, one. No, but you have to watch all the movies first to get to really get the, the true... <laughs> Ethel Merman has essence. a gun. Yeah, Ethel Merman has a gun. She shoots a wizard. It's very fun. Um, but do we have any experiences with the little drummer boy that we want to share before we take the cart to Bethlehem? <laughs> I had it on tape as a child. Yes. And yeah, it wasn't played that often. Oh. Because it was kind of a downer. Yeah. I always caught this one during the the 25 Days of Christmas on ABC, and I was just baffled by how much of a downer it is. I have to be honest, this is the first time I saw the sequel. 
<laughs> That's all I was for I... the third one. Enter the drummer first. <laughs> <laughs> um, Dan, any experience? Say you. Um, no, similar, similar to Grant. I, I mean, my my experience with it, I've watched it quite a few times, but it was always. It was always dour. It was always like this one and that Nestor the Longeared. Oh, like yes, even the Longeared, the Longeared Donkey. Yeah, oh. you've never seen Nestor. No, that's equally as depressing. How are you guys have seen all these grand. We have a lot of time it was on our ABC hands. Family. <laughs> it was a, like ABC Family played all of them. And you they mean NASA like... doesn't show these? <laughs> I didn't have cable. They're not on our golden disc for <laughs> the aliens <laughs> in space. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, we have them archived. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The first thing new life sees, <laughs> Nestor the lonely donkey. What 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 is this? Come on. Um, but no, like those two were always really depressing, and they also have like the most like um, like they're lit not as like yeah glowingly no, as the other ones it, are. It's true. Like when they said this is shoddy animation, it's kind of because like this is filmed in like depression era, <laughs> little drummer boy style. I, yeah, yeah. I so, agree with Dan. Uh, very kind of traumatic op- opening, other yes. traumatic moments. And some may say no plot at all after that. Basically nothing happens over the course of these two movies. He's <laughs> just gotta go play those drums for Jesus. Uh, but then I don't, I, I didn't even know that the second one existed. So even, even with my experience with this canon, I had no idea that mm. that happened. And so. oh boy, what a film for Gabe to start off with. <laughs> you know, I never thought the Little Drummer Boy lived in, uh, Jay Gatsby's Bacchanal, but yeah. know, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> Well, with that, we gotta go play those drums, catch that star, and ring them bells! And uh, watch out for that cart. <laughs> oh, yes! Dance for the coins, too. Dance for the coins. <laughs> Well, we're back, and any thoughts on the drummer boy and book two, the drummer boy continues his path down, I don't know, tragedy? Well, the original was better than the sequel. All right. It, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know how canonical uh, the little drummer boy's involvement in the Simeon Bell story is, but... Mm. Is yeah. there even a Simeon Bell story? Is, is there? <laughs> the I don't know about that. <laughs> As the Catholics are here, we don't know. I don't know. Well, is, that, that must have been in the appendix. Yeah. <laughs> it was in the, the Cimmerillion or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I think it's a bit of a downer, and the sequel is definitely not as good. I don't know why they chose to make a sequel out of this, out of all their properties. Well, like the Disney direct-to-video sequels. Yeah. The one gift the wise men didn't bring was serotonin. <laughs> <laughs> so let's get into our first synopsis, shall we? Feel free to interrupt. I took some brief notes, as I often do. And it opens on, come on, drums! <laughs> this is the only drums we get throughout the piece, by the way. You seem to notice Make that. Make two movies about drums, yeah. play no drums at all. No. Um, the narrator, Miss Greer, is given her... Academy Award-winning dialect <laughs> going on here. And she tells us Caesar Augustus is, uh, you know, he's harping on a worldwide tax and invites people into their neighboring cities to be counted and taxed. Uh, no disobeying the Roman Empire, including Joseph and Mary, who happened 
to stand out a little bit. <laughs> They're not depicted as They're they bit, should be. A bit paler than their yeah. Mary played by Tilda Swinton. <laughs> <laughs> and others are just wandering throughout the desert. Uh, ben Hadimad, a cruel caravan driver, and his lackey Ali spot a young boy leading a parade of animals over the sands. Our heroes, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> this is the little drummer boy, Adam. Adam. <laughs> His awkward dancing menagerie is Baba the Lamb, Samson the Donkey, oh. and Joshua the Camel. Baba is you. Uh, the beasts are pulling a black Philip. I put they're doing like some eldritch dance to this drum beat going on it's a sight to see Um, could make a lot of money doing this trick but Adin doesn't want money because he hates all people I put real Alvin Alley choreographer going on Uh, Aaron dislikes all humans and Ben and Ali kidnap the boy and his animals just out of nowhere how do we feel about this (laughs) I think that camel and that donkey could have taken on a few of those people. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't... Uh, well, then we get, like, uh, Ben's, like, uh, half-hearted song about, like, the mm. goose is high in well, the sky. Well, it's coming up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he says this is the luckiest day of your life, though, and clutches the boy menacingly. <laughs> yeah, it didn't age well, I don't think. It, it was a weird place to cut the film. Yeah, it. and we intro into our somber title song, a rendition of Little Drummer Boy. Get used to it, because it's the banger of this piece. Aaron fights, as he hates all people, and uh, Ben suggests that we can all be rich. All those taxpayers want is a show, and you're a child with a drum, so why don't we just throw you to the wolves there and make a coin off of it or two. This is the greatest show! <laughs> <laughs> uh, better to be crowded and rich than crowded and poor. Ben Hadamad sings of his money schemes and the joy of money in The Goose is Hanging High. I've never heard this saying before. Mm. Yeah. It's but a saying in the old country. Yeah. I don't I don't know. <laughs> um, real That's the Rub energy. Do you remember That's the Rub from last year? I remember year? That's the Rub. Mm. Yeah, it's a very similar kind of musical scheme going on there. Uh, Aaron is convinced. Flashback to his youth as a son of a shepherd. Uh, Aaron... Twelve Kaputniks. <laughs> that, was, that was what that song was. Yes. <laughs> Uh, Aaron's father gives him a drum and since it is a gift of love it is almost magical it causes the animals to dance however things get real when bandits kill Aaron's parents with a knife through the fucking head yeah yeah. so this was the scene (laughs) that that, uh, most kids would tune in for and he he gets knifed through the yeah it's pretty sudden too the guy just (laughs) whips out a knife and kills him (laughs) chokes him out the gum jabah the uh, gum and then as Grant pointed out someone had to light a match and just burn this little model of a farm down (laughs) you can tell with the flames that it's like a little toy house that they just lit on fire Barbie dream house going up in flames uh, Aaron is now an orphan with the remaining three animal friends and keeps this vow of hate within him. <laughs> yeah, he really started as Luke Skywalker and ended as Anakin. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, See, it all, it's good to come back to yeah, Star Wars. Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Also on a desert planet. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> well, you were telling me this is the plot of Dune. Yeah. Oh, well. this was Dune. <laughs> well, the second one carries those vibes. <laughs> uh, the gang arrives in Jerusalem and Ben sets up his caravan show. Lies and deceit with Messer and Jamel. His two awful tumblers that we were talking over. He just has, like, two other people in this caravan. Uh, Ali is an awful juggler. More like clowns various to me. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> they call them clowns. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Alright, well. <laughs> They're not all winners. Aaron will not smile. He cannot, so they paint on a John Wayne Gacy smile <laughs> on his face. Which Grant remembered from his youth. Right? Didn't you say you saw this? What? You said, like, they paint a smile on him. Oh, yeah, no, I yeah, remember yeah, that. No, I yeah, not Grant doing that. Yeah, <laughs> no, <laughs> like, saying that, that was 
part of my childhood. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Dance around for the coin. Yeah. Uh, Aaron sings Why Can't the Animal Smile, where the animals morph into eldritch shapes. <laughs> this pleases the crowd. Yeah, it's another, like, the, the camel does, like, a crocodile yeah, thing. It bends horrifying. its legs. Yeah, like, it breaks its spine. It, it, it's like, like uh, a Baron Harkonnen's thing in uh, yeah, Dune. Uh, that's true. Another to Dune bring it back to Dune, <laughs> as I'm sure we're going to be doing all night. Oh, yeah, his pet, his, his weird little, his yeah. weird yeah. spider thing. What is that? <laughs> kill it, creepy. kill it. <laughs> Um, masking Aaron's own pain, Aaron is filled with rage, he freaks out. The troop is chased out of town and they see a caravan of three distinct, distant kings, wise men from the east, three kings of the Orient following a star. We have Gaspar, Melchior, and Balthazar. Where is these three story? Mm. <laughs> I want to know about them. Yeah, I want to know what part of the Far East Melchior came from. <laughs> As we've surmised, it's Ireland, right? <laughs> well, yeah, in this one, yeah. Because he looks like the ghost of Christmas present in the first one. I think he looks yeah. more like a Burger King. <laughs> that's, yeah. yeah, that's also <laughs> The Burger Meister, Meister Burger. Yeah. Uh, no one sees this giant star because of their greed and hatred, except the kings. Uh, ben convinces... The, the boy to give this performance Aaron and he will split the money and then Aaron will be flee these poor idiots are of no harm uh, the kings move on towards Bethlehem they got gold frankincense and myrrh uh, the kings are in need of a camel and Ben sells off Joshua which pisses off Aaron even more being that that's one of his closest companions mm -hmm. for his life um, Aaron's really suffering through these two pieces in my humble opinion uh, Aaron, Bobbin, and Samson then see the star and follow it to Bethlehem uh, the shepherds are also congregating here. In town, they stumble across a stable and see the Christ child being honored by everybody, including the kings. As Gabe pointed out, this is the new Beyonce album drop. Everyone's there and their mother and sister. <laughs> Uh, there is old Joshua. A random Roman hits and runs Baba. <laughs> Another traumatic moment. Oh, that, that centurion was hauling ass across the streets of Jerusalem. <laughs> you gotta get to Target before it closes. Yeah. <laughs> Should have looked both ways. Yeah. Uh, the kings are so wise, they can apparently reanimate corpses, or at least that's what Aaron thinks. That lamb is chops. <laughs> that's mean. Uh -huh. <laughs> no, that lamb is chops. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, there's a king among us. I'm talking about the babe. What babe? The babe with the power. It's Jesus Christ. Uh, Aaron sees the baby Jesus and his family is filled with, oh, and his family and is filled with awe. Uh, I have no gift aside from my sick drum beats. Pum, pum, pum. You better work, Vienna Boys Choir. Aaron's gift of love heals Baba. No more hate, just music. Emotional suppression. I sense a theme throughout all of our movies we're going to watch tonight. The theme of emotional suppression. Conceal, don't feel. Um, yes. And blessed are the pure in heart because then they shall see God. We really didn't need any more of that story, but... We got it. Yeah. <laughs> Rankin Bass I, decided otherwise. I mean, I think we made this comment after we concluded watching this one, but we got to emphasize the faces. Oh, uh, yes. I think oh, both yes. Gabe and others have pointed out that uh, you could freeze frame any moment of this one, and it's like it's like a meme. Yeah, so, any uh, TikTokers listening, there's vast meme potential in these movies. <laughs> yeah, no, and then Aaron himself provides like little, like, he just goes dead-eyed and because his rage is just overwhelmed. So. Well, he's just, like, he's just pissed off the whole movie, so he, <laughs> there's some good reaction pieces. Yeah. So, on to book two. <laughs> Little Drummer Book <laughs> continued, The Electric Bugaloo. The uh, biggest difference in book two is that that beautiful star is lit by the clean, burning fuel of the American Gas Association. Yes. Good, clean American <laughs> gas. <laughs> I know y'all were on the edge of your seat for what happened to Aaron and his merry band of animals. Here's a sequel. 
Uh, we hear the same old banger of the little drummer boy again, again. Uh, same puppets, <laughs> puppets, different child this time because it's like ten years later. Uh, not in the story, just in our real world time, if that makes any sense. Uh, one of the three kings, Melchior, informs Aaron that he will go into the hills outside of Bethlehem to talk to a man. <laughs> That's literally the plot. Um, all three kings have a separate mission. Aaron wants to go along, and Melchior explains that in a tiny village elsewhere lives a man named Simeon. Simeon had been foretelling of the Christ child's birth. He's crazy. This is idle nonsense, according to some of the people that just listen to him. They say, Simeon doesn't know what he's talking about. He's up there in his hut all day with those bells. He lives downtown. <laughs> Thanks, <laughs> Uh, Simeon was a bellmaker on the side, gotta have that side hustle. Is this biblically accurate? So maybe I didn't know the story of Simeon and his bells. I legitimately, I don't, yeah. I, I mean, I know some lore, but I don't, I don't know if Simeon was, if that's what he was famous for, that he had to hide bells. <laughs> Like, I, I don't know. We all have a side hustle. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. Gotta make, do what you gotta do. Make ends meet in year zero AD. Yeah, I, if that's what he if that's what he did for like a living before he int- gets introduced in the box, I don't I don't know. But he's either way, he looks like one of the grandpas from Rugrats. That's the main thing. Yeah. The old Thomas country. Grandpa, yeah. yeah. Uh, Simeon made a magnificent set of silver barrels to ring when Jesus was born to be like I told you all I was right. Is that why he made these bells? I don't know. It's unclear. <laughs> yeah, because Simeon... Think he has a thing for bells? I think he's got a few bats in the bell for you. <laughs> Ask me. Simeon does seem a little like... <laughs> Look, I, I don't know. <laughs> he, he, doesn't, uh, he, doesn't, he doesn't seem like the humble prophet that I'm assuming he's... Like, he's, he's like... He's more like an artiste. Yeah. He wants his work to be appreciated. Yeah. So, so He's working in... <laughs> picture it. Working in your house on your bells and then the centurions come in. And I wrote down, as Grant said, this Simeon shocked faces everything. <laughs> he turns around he's like... <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> that buzzkill Caesar Augustus's Roman guards, led by Brutus, break into Simeon's home. Nothing but bells. <laughs> There's nothing but bells. Nothing but beautiful bells. These molten golden notes. Uh, something of value to pay the taxes. A fortune of pure silver for the taking. I have nothing, especially not my magnificence for bells. Don't touch them. Uh, the centurions agree to take them instead for the taxes. And that's the way this works when you evade taxes, old man. Title crawl. Literally a third into this film, we get the titles <laughs> dropped here. You know, I don't know if, if I saw three bells a foot taller than I was, I'd be like, I can take these on my rickety wooden cart. Cart. <laughs> Made out of pure silver. <laughs> yeah, they, those bells are heavy. Uh, Aaron, Melchior, and the animals arrive at Simeon's. Aaron comes up with a plan because he's the child and these adults seemingly can't do anything run their lives i'll find them and sing a jazz standard or two don't make me sing and uh they're not gonna steal them though they say they're gonna get them back because stealing's wrong the christ child wouldn't want that right is it stealing if you stole from the ones that stole from you uh they were their bells right yeah, but okay. Yeah, no, because they do st- they do technically steal them back, and the whole thing was like, wasn't it given to Caesar what is Caesar's or whatever? The- yeah, Caesar's do. Yeah, so so I I don't know. I don't know if Jesus would approve of this. So yeah, I know I know tax law is complicated. I don't know where it stands on bells. <laughs> <laughs> is there stipulation? Exotic well, musical instruments. Well, and how long was Simeon evading taxes? Because. <laughs> Three large, solid silver bells. That's, That's, a lot of silver. Silver. That's why he was out in the hills. <laughs> it's off the grid. Off the grid. Yeah. So they just say, we're going to wing the plan, we're going to do it live. <laughs> um, they arrive to the camp at nightfall. 
the performance of our lives. Bring me that bag of silver coins, Plato, so as I can jostle them greedily. I mean, <laughs> I feel a song coming. No money. This is kind of a bop I put down because it's like when they invented money. It was I, a bop. It was a bop. They're talking about snow money. Uh, I give you an egg. <laughs> and you give me some, some butter. House rock. Yeah. Uh, capitalism the musical, Ken Kender and Eb Sue, Egg for Butter, Pig for Wheat, Catan. It's a cute pig. There's like a pig that's shown. <laughs> One frame and the pig <laughs> yeah. is gone. Every frame a pig. <laughs> um, can't carry these wretched bells, so let's melt them into silver bricks. Well, I don't think they would be reducing the weight at all by <laughs> melting them into bricks, so I don't know what their plan was here. Yeah. It Do we know? No, I mean, it doesn't make any sense to me either. Well, and just... clearly they brought along their entire smelting kit. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, they brought a pot. <laughs> if you give me a pot, I'll give you a silver brick. Uh, this seems difficult. Come quickly before they sing again. God be with them. Like, these two adults are just watching these, this child and their animals do this whole plan. So. Yeah. God be with him. <laughs> are you guys going to help? Uh, no. No. Okay. Uh, that orphan's life is worth more than bells. Already Aaron. So Aaron shows up and he sings a reprise two seconds after the first song was already sung again. Uh, he'll sing for free. Literal starving artist. Joshua the camel with the only brains in these two movies uh, is casually trying to steal the bells while this is going on. And then we get this big moment. We're surrounded by gorgeous palm trees in this desert oasis. But we need two sticks and some kindling. The wood in the desert's too wet. (laughs) If only we had two dry And what do they find? (laughs) Why, some sticks and a drum. Aaron's drum? The very same. Oh my god. I think it's funny that they need two sticks to melt down. This is some shitty crafting logic. If I only build a fire, I can make infinite yeah. silver yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, yeah, it's video game logic. I'm two sticks short from being able to do that, so... <laughs> Those are some nice sticks and drum you got there, boy. Give them to me. Aaron's only valuables are then gone. Milky and Simeon about to do something, but the eldritch animals steal back the bells again. It's alright for them to steal, I guess, as I harped on. Everybody is staring at this fire for a good long time. The animals get stuck. It's not a difficult puzzle. Bury the bells. Like, we'll hide these bells in the dunes, and since they're bell-shaped, no one's gonna notice these random dunes. <laughs> well, Where are the bells? <laughs> There's just these six bell-shaped dunes. <laughs> but, okay, no, no, no. But in terms of the bell-shaped dunes, if if I had to come up with a Bible story on the fly, this is the part that I would assume, like, oh, the bells were buried, but when the Romans poked them, they didn't make a they sound. Didn't they didn't And gong. that teaches you about a burying bel- Yeah, so, like, if there was any moment, that's what I assumed, but well, again... If, I, if you didn't want them to make a sound, wouldn't you store them upside down? In theory, yeah, like, but... Wouldn't the, that make sense? They dug a real deep <laughs> hole, and then they just had them right laying on the top. They didn't have time. But if you have a bell right side up, it's already hill-shaped, so half the work's already done. I guess done. that's true. <laughs> um... Well, this I just don't, I don't know how they planned planned on keeping the sand like on top of the bell. Oh They'd yeah, have to have a just, lot of sand. Yeah, we'd roll off. It's that magic sand just <laughs> sticks. Yeah. Thanks to the power of stop motion. Mm. <laughs> well, everything's wet. That's what yeah. we learned from <laughs> the wet wood. Yeah. Well, they had to the moisten lot. it somehow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the moisture from your body. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Simeon, we just flash forward to the end of this movie. Simeon hangs the bells outside of town. Now just to ring them. Real December romance between Melchior and Simeon. Am I right or am I right? Well, I mean, there it's the 
the subtext is there. Yeah. Well, uh, and Brutus just gives up. Yeah, they're never seen they again. They exit stage left, and then they're never seen again. So. <laughs> Aaron's crying over his sticks and drums. This event overshadows your small problem, Aaron, because the Christ child is born. Get over it. But he's sad because that was the only thing his parents gifted to him, so it's their only memorabilia. Uh, the bellmaker has miraculously made a new drum, and the sticks were hard to find, I guess. <laughs> that never really explained. Uh, Melchior dips out, but God is always with you. Lead the travelers to Bethlehem with your drum. I don't think Mary, Joseph, and Jesus stayed this long, so that's why we ring the bells and beat drums on Christmas, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the moral to that tale. And that was the birth of drum and bass, the genre. <laughs> oh my gosh. If we had to rate these out of five silver bells, mm. what would we rate these first two? I would rate the original as three silver bells out of five, the mm. second... One silver bell out of five. <laughs> one? One. Yeah, that's about right. I think I give the first one two. Two. <laughs> two. Two silver bells. Two silver bells. Yeah. Uh, I Three for the first one, and I'll give, I don't know, I'll hand, like, I'll, I don't know, 1.5 silver bells for the mm. second one, because it's not often that we get, like, the stupid Roman like shown in anime bad guy so i uh, like in his little glued on it's not on jojo's bizarre adventure over here <laughs> uh, yeah so he was i don't know brutus was for his five minutes of screen time was interesting but mm. eh. gabe you know i'm a i'm a strict campaign mode player so i don't know if i ever would have gone to the second one but you know <laughs> i'm gonna give it a three and a i'll give the second one a four a four? I mean, four. a four. Mr. Zismore polished the clay for the oh second one. Oh my gosh! <laughs> He's new here. <laughs> he doesn't know what it's in store for him. A four. We might have to. That's retire. higher than Rudolph Shiny New Year. Sure is. <laughs> All right, let's get into our next two, the final two, thankfully, of this episode. We've got the first Christmas, the story of the first Christmas snow. You can't We're use the same phrase in the title twice. Why didn't they just call it the first Christmas snow? I didn't. I didn't <laughs> listen, I just tell the story. <laughs> oh, no, what? The first Christmas, the story of the first Christmas snow? <laughs> it's a little redundant, I do admit. From 1975, it's a stop-motion Christmas animated television special produced by, you said it, Rankin-Bass Productions which originally premiered on NBC on December 19th, 1975. The story is set in 1845. Uh, young Lucas and Sister Teresa sing White Christmas, which wouldn't be written until nearly 100 years later <laughs> in that timeline. So, Also explains why they aren't rocking, uh, doesn't explain why they are rocking out to Yes, Let Me Like a Soldier Fall. That was like a real title from the time period of 1845, a Christmas title. Yes, Let Me Like a Soldier Fall. That's you, the name of the song. You did the you did some deep research. Yeah. <laughs> they got inspired from that and they said, let's do a civil war. Yeah. A uh, little Catholic <laughs> fact. I know. <laughs> For Gabe and I, the nuns' is black, the nuns is black outfits indicate they're Carmelites, the order that St. Teresa de Lisieux, the little flower, joined. Just a little fact. Like Carmelized. Oh, listen, I couldn't find it. Carmelized. <laughs> Carmelized nuns. Uh, the film's title actually refers to, actually refers to the Christmas pageant the orphan children presented on Christmas Eve, though the title could also refer to the first time Lucas actually experiences snow after his sight returns because he is blind. Really light on the notes for this one, so I do apologize. Oh, I had to do something. Fast. Oh, yes. So... Grant is gasping because our dame is here. <laughs> the vocal talents of this include 
the young and supple Angela Lansbury as Sister Teresa. Yes. Dame Angela Lansbury to you. Theater, film, icon, and legend. Check out Previous Watch with Grant on the pod. Bed knobs and broomsticks for some steamy hot Angela Lansbury takes. <laughs> supple. <laughs> uh, we got Cyril Richard as Father Thomas, a huge theater career. OBC of Peter Pan as Captain Hook. Elrond and the animated R&B Hobbit. Uh, David Kelly as Lucas. Diana Lynn as Louisa. Iris Rayner as Sister Catherine, who was an author and playwright. She wrote Beaches, uh, The People in the Picture, also voices Donner in Peter Cottontail for our uh, Rankin-Bass's special. Um, Here comes Peter Cottontail. And then Joan Garner as Sister Jean, (laughs) Rankin-Bass, a staple consummate voice actor. You'll recognize the voice. There was no uh, sister from American Horror Story Season 2, though. <laughs> no Mossy Banks here. And then our final notes for our second watch of the... Or our fourth watch of the evening. Um, the Life and Adventures of Santa Claus, 1985. Yes. So, little precursor, Dan. This one's long and complicated. <laughs> yeah, but, but it, I will take the blame for this, whatever <laughs> happens, fully. Uh, this was my pick. Because uh, I wanted to... You know, I, Jack Frost won over it. <laughs> last year because of <laughs> beat like, it out it was a close go- like race. goober factor um but yeah this this one uh, it's a lot you know there's a lot to unpack but i'll let you uh all right yeah. so the life of adventures of santa claus is a 1985 christmas stop motion animated television special produced by rankin bass productions and based on the 1902 children's book life and adventures of santa claus by l frank Baum, the writer of the wonderful wizard of Oz. <gasps> And many more. Uh, this is Rankin Bass's final Animagic stop motion production film to Japan. Later productions would be traditionally animated. Uh, the Rankin Bass production truncates much of the story. It ran in a one hour time slot and simplifies some of the motivations, but its major alterations from the book are setting up the hearing over the mantle of immortality as You'll, a frame. It'll make sense. <laughs> it'll make sense. Listen, I warned you going in, explaining just why Santa Claus deserves the mantle. <laughs> many new changes and additions from the material, including the original character of Tingler, the sound <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to touch that one. When you get to this one, it's going to be a jury. You break out the Tingler tuners. <laughs> <laughs> when the show premiered, the book was not as easily available, and many Oz fans who only knew of the book were surprised to discover that Tingler was not one of Baum's creations. <laughs> so true was the character to the author's spirit. The Wikipedia page reads, like, the event of granting Claus's uh, um, immortality really happened, and I'm eggnog drunk as I write this TBH. So it, it's reading like this was an actual historical event. That's how the Wikipedia <laughs> page reads. Well, who's to say it wasn't? I mean, I don't know. Uh, this is the only Rankin Bass Christmas special without a celebrity narrator. The special aired on Freeform and since 2018 on AMC currently airs the special. Uh, though the Freeform broadcast was heavily edited from its original CBS broadcast, along with most of the other Rankin Bass animated Christmas specials, now it's owned by Warner Brothers. And our vocal cast is as follow. We have Earl Hammond as Santa Claus. Hammond was perhaps best remembered for providing the voices of Mumra. Mumra. Okay. I'm just... It's Thundercats. It's It's Thundercats. He's he's one of the iconic 80s villains. Yeah. Uh, We got Jaga. Did I say that right? Yeah, I guess. And the other characters on the 1980s animated TV series Thundercats. And for being the voice of the villain Monstar on the 1980s animated TV series. Also iconic. Uh, He was the voice of the Transformers villain Megatron in a series of children's read-along books. Oh my god, this is my my guy here. (laughs) He voiced all the terrible villains of that decade. (laughs) We got Earl Hyman as King Agua. Agua. (laughs) 
<laughs> an American stage, television, and film actor. Hyman is best known for his role on Thundercats as the voice of Panthero and various other characters. He also appeared on The Cosby Show as Cliff's father, Russell Huxtable. Um, oh. Larry Kenny, the commander of the Wind Demons, <laughs> more Thundercats, voiced Lion-O, Jackalman, Snarf, Egbert. We got Lynn Lipton as Queen Zerline. She provides the voice of all female characters on the popular 1980s animated series Thundercats until the second season. Also a stage actor. We, we got just Rodham watch Mc- that. Rodham McFadden as Tingler. See the little drummer boy where he also provided voice. Uh, Leslie Miller as Nasile, an American singer and songwriter. As a recording artist, she released several singles between 1964 and 1969. As a backing vo- vocalist, she has recorded with numerous artists such as Frank Sinatra, Sammy Davis Jr., Lena Horne, James Brown, Blood, Sweat, and Tears, Burt Batarak, Barry Manilow, <laughs> Laura Nero, and Steely Dan. On occasion, she has been credited as Leslie Miller, and she's known for He Quit Me and Am I Blue, two of her bops. Uh, Peter Newman as Peter... Nook? I don't think it's Canook. I think it's just Nook. Still more Thundercats and Silverhawks. He provided the voices of Tigra, Willy Cat, Bengali, and Monica. Uh, Monkia, not... (laughs) Monkia, sorry. Not not Monica. (laughs) Uh, Joey Grasso, all I can find is he's the voice of Weakman and a voice actor. What is Weakum? He's going to be a character in this, I assume. Tingler and Weakum. Weakum is in this this show. He's here. Blink and you'll miss him, but he's Weakum. J.D. Roth as young Santa Claus. Roth is the co-creator of the reality show The Biggest Loser on NBC. (laughs) Wow. He also hosted ABC's Fall 2008 series Opportunity Knox. He served as the announcer of the ABC TV show Extreme Weight Loss, and he's a Cherry Hill, New Jersey native. Wow. Hmm. Wow. Alfred Drake as the great actor. <laughs> the great actor. <laughs> a consummate theater actor, finally. He is best known for his leading roles in the original Broadway productions of Oklahoma, Kiss Me Kate, Kiss Me, and for playing Marshall Blackstone in the original production of Babes in Arms, which he sing- sang the title song, and Hajj in Kiss Me, for which he received the Tony Award. He was also a prolific Shakespearean actor, notably starring as Benedict in Much Ado About Nothing, opposite Catherine Hepburn. Yeah. Wow. And that's my notes. Any initial thoughts on these first two? I wish I were in the room where this happened. <laughs> and it would have been the production studio of Thundercats, it seems. Yeah. 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 Um, I like these both. I think the first one is a Catholic Angela Lansbury tradition, and the second one is a drug trip. <laughs> so I'm very excited. Sounds fun. Yep. I have seen neither of these before so i'm very excited but you're hyped for the lands i think what you're hyped for the lands lansbury that lansbury oh yes yeah you know the lands are the berry the sweeter the juice (laughs) (laughs) oh my god (laughs) and dan what say you uh well i i i am very familiar with both of these uh the First story of the Chris first whatever the fuck Christmas snow, snow was like one of those ones that I didn't see as often, but whenever I did, it was like oh it's it's the one with the the lightning and the tree falling and the you know sadness. Um, but uh, but yeah, and then the second one I think is worth a few larfs. Um, it, it, it's just a very weird one that. Even though Rankin Bass, I think, had already done like two Santa origin stories at this point, they they ended with a third one. So mm. it's interesting because obviously it goes to places that those ones uh, did not go to. Mm. Uh, but um, whether or not that's good or bad, it's up for the that's up for our guests to decide. But <laughs> well, let's go. I have a feeling by the end of the night we're going to need the mantle of immortality. I can't wait for Santa to dip in Ra's al Ghul's pool of immortality. <laughs> <laughs> Uh <laughs>
hold on to my belt and let's fly into these last two Rankin Bass specials. So before we dive in, any initial thoughts on these two? Wow. Uh, the, the last one was uh, a hoot. I did, I did not know what to expect. A it real humdinger? Dan wins again. It's huh? my Christmas dream game true. <laughs> I forgot most of that shit in that yep. movie. So. Yep. Like the, the unboxing of the axe was... I didn't even remember that happening. The great so, silver so axe... It really said, history is told by the victors. Let me tell you what really happened with Santa. Honestly true. Honestly. But before we get there, we have a much more boring story to get through. With, what nice. is it, the first Christmas? The story of the first Christmas snow? The first Christmas, colon, the story of the first Christmas snow. All right. I We're mean, paid by the word. This one's cute. It didn't overstay its welcome. You just didn't know that there was a, a prize goose at the end. <laughs> So here we go. The year is 1845, and Sister Teresa, Sister Catherine, Sister Jean won the Uggo, as we <laughs> mentioned. There's always an Uggo nun. Are hard at work for the Lord. Sister Teresa watercolors the hours of nunnery away with a newfangled invention of Christmas cards. Why do they all have snow if it never snows here? Does she ever explain that? Yeah, they're in, like, Modesto, California or something. <laughs> it doesn't snow here. It's too close to the sea. That's a line that always stuck out for me. Um, it's like a Manchurian candidate trigger phrase for me. I always remember that she says that. Also starring Angela Lansbury, when Sister Teresa was a child, it always snowed. How it snowed, she says. At Christmas, uh, they didn't have cards back then. Remind everyone about God. That's basically what she's using these cards for. Mm. To have the Lord's light within their lives. Mm -hmm. um, God sends down his fiery judgment to smote a tree. And some people and Sister Teresa watch in horror. A real mood shift two seconds into this film. Uh, Sister Teresa is sure she saw the lightning murk a kid. <laughs> and as the sisters flee, we get the Beetlejuice-style opening credits. Uh, Christmas snow is magic. Save a little Christmas. Uh, kind of that, you know that vagueness uh, of the song style. Shove your emotions down and save a little for Christmas is the major theme of this movie. Mm -hmm. um, ravenous wolves look to eat the young shepherd boy clinging to life in the storm. The sisters bring the boy and his dog waggles back to the abbey. The boy Lucas is now blind. He cannot see. You are blind. We're not deaf. <laughs> Lucas worries for his sheep Babette, Nicole, Senta, and little black Wooly. Oh, the flock are also safe in the abbey barnyard. A week passes and the parish priest, Father Thomas, returns. What is this nubile young boy doing in my bed? Asks Father Thomas. The sister explains. Uh, he needs a doctor, not God. Uh, hospital is many hours from here and he's an orphan. Blind from shock? Can that happen? I don't really know. Uh, start thinking about putting Lucas out to pasture. Knows the baas and bleat of all his sheeps. Uh, he wishes he could stay in the house of the Lord, but not open to all, I guess. Oh, okay. You know, uh, yeah, to, to clarify that, he herded, or Waggles herded all of his sheep into an empty stable that <laughs> the, the nunnery had. Mm -hmm. So, uh, that's what, like, purpose he's serving for the time being. He, like, maintains those sheeps. <laughs> Um, well, Waggles and the boy. Uh, Waggles supervising, yeah. I think. A lot of redundancy there. I feel like we can slim down. <laughs> yeah, this already 20 minute movie. We can shave off a few more minutes to that. Um, so, Lucas, uh, blah, blah. the sisters use free child labor to decorate the abbey, save a little Christmas. Honestly, it's about the same song, as I said. But the father comes in and is like, no, no, no. What are you doing? Are you feeling before Christmas is a thing? Stuff that down. And he rips down the decorations and has the children do How the same. How dare you prepare. <laughs> um, Sister Teresa then, <laughs> Lucas walks in and it's like, I'm indecent, Lucas. <laughs> what are you doing here? 
Um, but she describes um, how it used to snow and how she uses Christmas cards because he kind of can't see, so it defeats the medium that she uses. Her Can artistry. you see my beautiful cards? Yeah. Uh, Whoops! <laughs> Lucas has never experienced the concept of snow. Sister Teresa describes the eldritch magical power of a Christmas snow. Don't make her sing. Father Teresa... No, it's the father, not Father Teresa. Father comes in to usher Lucas out in two weeks after Christmas. And Lucas gets to thinking, Oh, Waggle, should I murder that priest and stay here with you? No. Um, all the village children come to rehearse the nativity play. That child is blind. Quick, other him? I don't even know what I... Oh no, because no, the yeah, like they're like Lucas is gonna be one of the choir angels, oh. and like he can't oh, see. They, they other him. Yes. They literally other him. Um, a young girl, Louisa, takes an immediate interest to Lucas. Two weeks fly by, the day before Christmas. Louisa wants a white fur muff, one big enough for a hot potato, says Louisa. And Lucas is dreaming of a white Christmas. <laughs> Little flat there, Lucas. Uh, Sister Teresa overhears and belts it out. <laughs> Uh, Lucas has no gift for Sister Teresa. Oh no. Three buck-toothed village children over here. Lucas wanting to keep the sheep. And Waggles here at the Abbey for Sister Teresa. These fucking kids play a trick on the blind Lucas. <laughs> let's fuck with the blind kid. <laughs> yeah. Great. Snap, crackle, and pop. <laughs> and they stick the sheep in the barn without uh, Lucas's knowledge. The sheep then escape, and Lucas has a panic attack as his sheep bust out of the barn, <laughs> uh, heading straight to the wolves. The boys get help and tell the sisters to get their guns. Lucas and Waggles head there as well and find him, just not Little Black Wooly, as the wolves wait patiently. The three idiot kids show up, apologize, and ask for help. Wooly yeah, fell down Tetris a hole. Tetris pirate crew. <laughs> they make a body chain. The sheep's legs are probably broken. No tension whatsoever. The wolf said, I prepare for my trap card. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, trap hole. Uh, there's literally no tension in this film. I don't know why I chose this. Yeah, the wolves don't do anything. They just, like, they stay up. conjoined in the bush, and that's it. Yeah. Uh, the play is starting, so the adults did nothing. Cool. Catholic school flashbacks. The asbestos snow falls. Wait, for real? Louisa, is it raining? Uh, Louisa really pushing the acting buttons on these <laughs> What's her BAFTA? Uh, no dipshit. It's snowing. <laughs> Louisa describes the radiation of the Christmas snow, and Lucas's blindness is then cured. You are ruining the show, Lucas. Stick to the lines. Uh, tears of love, all celebrate and offer Sister Teresa gifts the next day. She suggests Lucas stay and watch the animals, and Father Thomas agrees. It's the happiest Christmas of all, but no PS5. I doubt it. Hmm. Yeah. We all really learned something. From I don't know what we learned, but we learned something. No one thought to put found. a roof over the auditorium? <laughs> <laughs> also having snow cure your blindness. 1845. Really <laughs> Do they even have roofs back then? Setting expectations high. Yep, so are we going to rate this one out of five blind children? What would you give this one? <laughs> a clunky one. I'd give it two blind children. For two blind children? And both of those blind children are for Angela Lansbury. All right, I, I think I agree with the sentiments. Grant has a good rating system there. Two blind kids. Two blind kids. It doesn't overstay. And the, there's a reason why we're rushing through that one. Um, uh, yeah, I know I'll agree with two, because... Uh, I don't know. This this one felt like it was a lot more stressful to watch as a kid, because it's like, I don't know. I, I I would be scared of going blind from lightning, and then and then I <laughs> that is I a real fear. Be cured by snow. You know, yeah, two and five, that's true. No, I wouldn't <laughs> be lucky enough. But it never snows to... <laughs> so close to the shore. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. But I I don't know. I whenever I think on this one, I always remember like the. The portly priest dude being a bigger villain, but he doesn't actually do, do anything. anything. Like I, like you think he's gonna like, I'm gonna put this kid in a sack and throw him out in the. But he doesn't. He just kind of, he's like annoyed briefly, and then he 
doesn't do anything else. So, yeah, yeah I'll give it that rating because yeah. well, of that. Compared to Gabe's four out of five, what do you think this I'm one's going to have to temper the four. I think this is going to be a two. <laughs> Redact the four. All right, well, now we get to the piece de resistance, shall we? Okay, uh, so we, we come to the life and adventures of Santa Claus, the, uh, you know, uh, epic fantasy Frank L. Baum story that uh, I, I think dazzled everyone as much as I could hope. Oh, I was so, it gave us the old razzle-dazzle. We started sure. in the forest of the Ents. Yeah. Yeah. Santa's hitting that baritone when we open it. Uh, and it, it begins with the message that nothing is more beautiful than a happy child. Uh, whether or not we agree uh, is, is nothing entirely. Not on the air, no. <laughs> so, long ago in the forest of Berzee, a council meeting is being held between the immortals. Uh, not the Eternals, good re- good reference there, uh, where the great Ack tells the story of Santa Claus. Uh, he kind of does like this, like every spirit gets a, like a courtly entrance. Um, so there's, uh, there's... With the Latin chanting in the background. <laughs> well, yeah, no, because... <laughs> uh, and some of these are the Lord of the Sleep phase. Water nymphs, wind demons, uh, sound imps, light elves. Um, Good Queen Zerlene. <laughs> uh, the the sound imp Tingler is there as like the court announcer. Uh, he can do the thing that the guy from Police Academy can, where he yeah. mimics noises mm-hmm. and uh, knows every language. Because uh, I guess that's his shtick. Mm-hmm. Uh, the good Queen Zerlene, who is, I guess, Axe's wife? <laughs> I don't I think don't... they have titles or, mm. you know, they don't... They play the field in this forest, I think. Um, but Greydak is the Gandalf-looking dude who rules over uh, the entire forest. We don't know if it's forests in general, but he's got he's got power, I we guess. We also don't know where this forest is. It's in the Valley of It's by the Rockies. <laughs> yeah. In the Modesta Valley. It's in Colorado Springs. So, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, the, the protector of the Canooks, uh, Peter Canook. Um, Peter, Peter Nook. <laughs> and they kind of they kind of convene because uh, Santa has won the love of the world, but the spirit is, of death is going to visit him after this ride tonight. So. The spirit of death who isn't an immortal? Yeah, he's not. Well, he's not present. We don't yeah. see him. He's unseen. Yeah. I, I'm assuming his shadow looms large. I think large. that silver axe is the real spirit of death. Probably. <laughs> Shh, we're not there. Yet. I know. I know. Um. <laughs> But yeah, so Santa is gonna is gonna drop dead after this ride, <laughs> and they uh, the like the Great Act kind of wants to do something to 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 stop that. Um, so they ask him for their sake and for the audience's sake to recount who Santa Claus is. Um, so the Great Act, sixty years earlier, found an abandoned babe in the snowy woods and uh, brings him. Into his magical valley, <laughs> and then uh, we're not making this up. Uh, <laughs> um, he gives it to the uh, the lioness Shagra to raise. He gives a baby uh, to a lion, who I think is a reused model. Well, no, from that's like a Bible else. thing too. It's like may he lay down with the lion and the lamb, or like, like it's kind well, of yeah, those raised lines. by lions. Well, well no, you know, Romulus and Remus were raised by wolves, <laughs> and they found it Italy. So <laughs> <laughs> that's <Yes>. true. <laughs> Anything's possible. <laughs> um, but yeah, after hearing about the discovery of the infant, uh, Nasil, a wood nymph, steals him from Shiegra and goes to the Great Ack, uh, begging him to let her raise the child. And there's like this whole thing where they don't have kids or babies there because they are immortal. 
So they kind of just... the law. <laughs> <laughs> so they just... They come into existence, and they they have no experience with, with youngins. So. Didn't they chant, like, we are born as we are? <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> what is a child? <laughs> and I also love how Nasil's like, I want one, Ak. <laughs> Let me have this one. And Shakira is like, just... Shakira is pissed. Shakira. I've never heard her so angry before. Um, but yeah, so... Uh, with some mild convincing, the Great Act is like, sure, you can raise him, he can stay here with us, uh, because I make the laws here, and if I say that he can stay, then, mm. you know. And again, you think that the... the, the not Tom Nook, Peter Nook... <laughs> Is gonna be like a villain because he's like if without he laws, there's nothing. But he he relents and becomes a friend too. Mm-hmm. Um, so they uh, you know uh, they name the baby claws. So that's in, how Shanta got his name. Those kids aren't in this. <laughs> Neither's um, Jessica. I think she was written out. Yeah, yeah. No, there's no Mrs. Claus he's either. Dating, uh, Tingler recast, or whatever. Cast is Tingler. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, Nessiel names the child Claus because in their elvish English language it means, means little one. one. Even though their elvish language is English. <laughs> yeah. Also, Ak is like, speak our language, yeah. English. <laughs> well, yeah, no, and then later Claus is like, speak Berzian or whatever yeah. the, the... So, yeah, I don't know. It's up to interpretation. Um, you wrote down Cabbage Patch Kids Nonsense. Oh, yeah, because yeah, he looks, he he looks very yeah, creepy. No, he, they roll him up in a cabbage. cabbage. And roll him <laughs> oh, <the> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay, yeah. They, yeah. Have, like, weird, they have a weird, like, Baby Be Mine doll <laughs> in a commercial. My little buddy. Uh, but it is like an aging up montage. He's raised in the woods. He's chilling with all the different animals. Um, and Tingler is uh, is in charge of teaching him the many languages of insufferable. <laughs> yeah, he's he's a polyglot. Yeah. Tingler is that one that one friend that goes abroad and is like, well, it's not like when I went abroad. <laughs> you know, when I visited Spain. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Uh, when Claus has grown to be a, a young man, the Great oh, Act takes is. him My favorite scene. To, see, to see the mortal world and its cruelty and suffering. But how does he take him, Dad? <laughs> uh, grab my belt. <laughs> and, and the trumpets blare. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, you have, to, you have to describe it in a little more detail. He says, grab my belt. Claus just... <laughs> Looks straight at his crotch. Yeah, yeah, from the, yeah, he grabs him right around the buckle. <laughs> Both, yeah, <laughs> straight into the zipper. Both hands <laughs> face to the crotch. Straight off to space. And they fly away. <laughs> and, yeah, no, and they take to the skies. Uh, they circle the globe. And then they're like, we're going down. And they, they gotta, they're they doing a, a world tour of they all the about feudalism. <laughs> uh, so... Yeah, they they visit the uh, the the cabbage field for no the turnip Turnips. field from Jack Frost. Um, there's a you said it was a little Dan kid or a little Irish kid who's in the the uh, the fields and he tries to steal a turnip to eat, but the friar who runs the field the like whips him. Well, he looks like a like a I don't know. He looks like a big. Portly fat person. Yeah, <laughs> the, fri- the standard friar shape, yeah. stout and fat. Um. So yeah, and then Claus is like, "How come he can't just have food? How come everyone can't just get food?" And he's like, "Well, here yeah, they, they suck. So I, I don't know." And then one of McDonald's on every corner. <laughs> um. But then he goes to. Uh, they go to Japan. 
They see, uh, like, kids training to become samurai, um, because they have to prepare for, like, a life of violence. Two kids. Um, There's only two kids in all of Japan. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah. (laughs) And a samurai model, so... Um, yeah, so then they go to, uh, some vaguely Arab city, and there's homeless kids begging for money, um, Claus would you like to help them. You don't expect me to pay them, Claus. <laughs> <laughs> Let's laugh at them. Sure. Yeah, so, uh, and then two knights fighting each other outside of a European castle, uh, because they presumably couldn't make the puppets for the whole army, so it's just two dudes settling their beef. Um, but then one of them gets killed off screen, and Claus is like, oh, men kill each other for things? Fun. And for causes, Claus. Yeah, they're called causes, Claus. <laughs> <laughs> but then he's like, uh, you know, but then he's like, what's the purpose of men? And he's like, men strive to, men? <laughs> to make the world better than, or leave the world better than when they entered it. Um, so Klaus, uh, becomes determined to do the same, and he decides that he's got to leave his woodland family, um, so he's like, you, you wrote goodbye, nymph mom. <laughs> that's, <laughs> I mean, that's um, what happens. So he, uh, he ventures out into the outside world beyond the boundary of the forest, and he sets up a, uh, well, no, he builds himself a little lean-to in the valley, the laughing valley of Ho-Ha-Ho. <laughs> a quaint little B&B or whatever he's building. Um, yeah, we're doing our best to, because watching this is like, yeah, I mean, like you a could... fever dream. Well, there, the ho-ha-ho is like where we derive the ho-ho-ho, I assume. Of course, right? yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's what the nomenclature... Is that in the original language of the forest? <laughs> Maybe. Uh, but Chiegra, and for some reason, Tingler comes <laughs> out with well, right, Tingler. <laughs> um... Again, you wrote stock lion noise. It sounded like a T-Rex. That's why I wrote it down. Uh, Lots of snow and a catchy jingle. Klaus likes the sound. That's why he goes ho-ha-ho. And even though he has, like, he builds himself a little shelter at first, the nymphs come out and build him a lavish alpine estate. Um, You have visitors, Pan. They've built built an entire village. Yeah, no. (laughs) With lighting and everything. They, no, uh... Presumably in California, because they said that we're near like the the or Colorado, because they're near the Rocky, Rocky Mountains. The Rock. Maybe oh, they yeah. just meant Rocky as in like the the noun. No, I Rocky. think they meant the American. The, the adjective Rocky. Um. So then, uh, as he gets older, he kind of starts to to integrate into the nearby village, and he decides that he's going or resolves to bring happiness to all of the local children. Uh, you wrote lumber sexual. Well, he goes through a phase, right? He does. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Blinky the... Oh, yeah, okay. Weakum. 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 No, 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 but he also has Blinky the cat. Oh, yeah. Like, his little cat that, um, his nymph mom gave him. Um, (laughs) and then, uh, yeah, okay, so a little boy... If you wanted to fuck a nymph, would it be a nymph? Nilf? A nilf? A nilf? Yeah, yeah, that would. That's what it would be. <laughs> Sorry, the things that go through my mind. Hot, sexy nilfs in your area. <laughs> like, click here. This isn't good for Christmas. Uh, but then, instead of Brazzers, it would be Bursey. <laughs> <laughs> Another Irish boy named Weekum shows up, and he's got a Brooklyn accent. You point out? No, you found, so, no, yeah. he's freezing outside of Santa's. <laughs> and they just go on trial. A trial? Uh, yeah. What so is a child? 
And he uh, he invites him in, and he's like, "You're making it looks like you're making a dope wooden cat there." And he's like, "Yeah, you. I if you go to sleep in my house tomorrow, you'll <laughs> wake up with one." The exact words he uses too. Crawl into bed with Santa, and we'll see what you get. And then uh, Claus, yeah, he he makes the the the, the, the toy cat, um, and then. The Weakum runs out to the town the next morning. He's like, I stayed at that old man's <laughs> house. No, man. no, he literally says, I slept at this old man's house. And the children are enamored. And they sing the longest song, song. in the movie. <laughs> yeah, History. What, was, which, which, what was the name uh, of this? Uh, a, a, a surprise. Something big surprise. <laughs> wake up with a big surprise. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they, uh, okay. <laughs> Yeah, so does an age well, it goes on for too long, so back at the council meeting, um, some of these spirits are like, he's just a toy maker, and then Ak is like, no, there's more. <laughs> there's still more, we've got 20 minutes left to kill. Uh, but gradually, with his business, the forest races start helping out Klaus, like, making toys and stuff. Um, so However, me, me, meanwhile, Gabe and Grant were sitting there. All right, the movie's almost done. There's nothing much here. There, we're almost there. There's a few more turns that this narrative <laughs> takes. Uh, meanwhile, evil evil creatures called the Ang the Agwas, <laughs> the Angwas. the Angmars. No, because Angmar is Lord of the Rings. So, um, who influence children to do bad things and are led by the King Agwa. Yeah, it was the Agwas that did it. <laughs> are they? They are not happy with Klaus's efforts to bring happiness to children um so they attempt to stop claws from making and delivering toys they throw like the mafia like brick <laughs> through his window to threaten him they said stop making toys, toys. or else um but they yeah, well yeah you commented fucking tony soprano over here um, so uh klaus ignores the warning the aguas kidnap him um but he is held at snake and spider point <laughs> What? Also, the the aguas can walk through walls yeah. and are invisible. That's a bit OP. And their ropes are still tangible. So yeah. yeah. They don't do a lot with it though. They yeah. kind of like they like they can only like dick with people. They can't <laughs> do anything. Um, but he calls for the the canoes to come help him, and uh, so then the the, the aguas the are Canadian like Canadian canoes. Like we we can't kidnap him like we usually do because we only have animals for that. So uh, they resolve to delay his business in other ways like by mugging him um so he's trying to deliver toys uh but the aguas repeatedly uh ambush them steal all the toys and start throwing them into their caves no well and yeah and then he he continues making toys and gets mugged 12 times <laughs> and then the 13th time he says i'll go at night yeah, i'm gonna bring a gun <laughs> That's actually how the gun that shoots jelly came up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Refining the formula. Oh, it all connects, doesn't it? Um. So he, uh, finally, he tries to like, I, I gotta get these toys there. So he uh, resolves to go alone. At night, he's again ambushed, and they, okay, you already beat me to the, yeah, the gun joke. Gun. Um. And then what are the aquas doing with these, these toys, toys anyway? They just have them in a cavern. Uh, they said our cavern's not full yet. <laughs> 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 so, um, 
the 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 great Ak has had enough of this and summons King Agua and his followers. And then shit starts to go down. To, to come and face him, uh, King Agua uh, defies the great Ak's demand that he stop interfering with Klaus's efforts and declares war on the immortals. <laughs> so, it's true. Um, you shall not, or my friend. Uh, it's a clash of kings. Uh, they're gonna try to kill Santa. Um, Axe, Ax opens up a box and he's oh, got a great silver well, Grant axe. Grant has to describe this because Grant lost his... Gabe and Grant, inconsolable. Have, uh, no, he just... He has this, this elaborate chest to bring out this, like, sacred weapon and it's just like a fireman's axe. It's like, oh, great. Silver so axe. Axe of Ax. Um... But uh, we we like this is a scene that is set up where Santa comes out and he's like panicked and crying and then Great Axe like no er, no Peter no yeah, comes over like, it's like mm, no no this is this is real now so we see that the uh, the forest folk and the the I, I keep Angmar Agwas are going to war. Um, what is presumably the entire Agua race is there, <laughs> and, uh, they go into battle. They have a fucking dragon, Dan! <laughs> they do. They have, like, an eastern, uh, western serpent thing that breathes fire. Um, but it gets turned into, it just, it gets evaporated. Well, the, no, the, the phase they... of the forest are, like, stacked with weapons. Yeah, no, yeah, they do yeah, a they... reverso and burn the dragon they with a burn yeah, dragon alive inside. with its own fire. <laughs> and it's then... Game of Thrones right here. And then, like, the little, like, the chubby, like, one <laughs> throws... Chubby cute fairy. <laughs> like, he throws, like, a, like a little stick to one of them. He catches it, and it, like, morphs his body into a flower, and, and he's the dead. Flower, the flower wilts and dies. So, no, and, you, no, Dan, you have to, you have to say that the... The fairy that does this is the one who's like, Ooh, what? Yeah. Yeah. We could do like it. saunters <laughs> over, takes twenty minutes yeah. to fly over. Yeah. Like, just yeah. Do you? Because the only the only line that fairy had had previously was like, "We'll tickle your pig," yeah. and it's like, and he's like, "You're gonna fucking die." Yeah. So it's like, yeah, yeah, I don't bite your organs. Ah, uh, Peter Nook turns someone small, and then like, "I'm gonna get you," and then that we don't see what happens. Um, and then finally, uh, the great axe uses his great axe to, uh... <laughs> to not hack them down with the axe! No, a shoot laser them with a beam, beam comes out of the axe! Because, Gabe, they can't animate the axe hitting something, so... <laughs> also, it was the 80s. Yeah, so... They, uh, Why make it an axe? <laughs> so, the axe shoots out a laser beam that disintegrates the flying, uh, Agua. <laughs> well, now, well, backtracking a little bit, when we first see the uh, the immortals and their army like standing off against the Aquas, King Ak is there with his axe, and he's just holding it like a fireman's axe. It's <laughs> <laughs> mine. But once they they get the the Aguas on the retreat. They're not going to just let them go. They're like, charge! And they, and they off screen. No, no, no prisoners, no survivors. <laughs> and the the we the great act later reports back that the Aguas have perished. So this entire race has been wiped out of existence. Genocide. So Santa can deliver some toys to one town. <laughs> um, 
but oh. Klaus and his friends prepare a sleigh to deliver the toys for the village, but it is too heavy for them to pull alone. Um, so <laughs> Peter Nook comes up with the idea of hitching reindeer from the forest to the sleigh in order to pull it. Uh, but you got to get the deer back before daybreak because Otherwise they're they turned to pumpkins. I guess I don't <laughs> know. <laughs> they're like because they're magic extra strong deer. forest deer. <laughs> Um, so, uh, Klaus travels across the valley in his sleigh, along with Tingler and Shakes. <laughs> Don't forget <laughs> them! Uh, so, the, uh... Yeah. Where, would you consider this, Grant, since you've seen them, is this the true origin story of Santa now, or is it... I, 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 I think this is the true All origin right. story. So, uh, with the reindeer, the sleigh is able to make these large leaps that is kind of like flying, but it's, uh, like falling with style, I guess. Um, and Klaus claims that now he knows why the valley is named the way it is, and he laughs in a ho-ho-ho manner. Uh, oh, it's a valley of laughing! They just murdered the native <laughs> yeah. race of the whole valley! <laughs> to extinction! What? <laughs> oh, God. They said, I live here now. <laughs> we have a free transit route. <laughs> so it's like... What? And the children didn't even live there. They're part of the village that the the Fae built them. Yeah, I know. So they literally just Christopher Columbus did and killed everyone who was there and built a factory. Uh, yeah, while bringing jobs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so when he makes his first stop, he finds that the door of the house is locked since it is in fact nighttime. He tries so hard. Well, no. <laughs> Pull he done. Just... Well, the trip's canceled. Give up. We're going home. <laughs> He's like, wait. He's like, oh, I didn't think this through. Santa's reactions on this too, they are the best. Well, because he gives up like eyes. five times yeah. and then the other, like the magical creatures bail him out. Uh, but then Tingler is like, go through the chimney. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Wait, he got mugged 12 times <laughs> yeah. and kept making toys, but a locked door was the one where he's like, that's it. I'm done. He wasn't this is smart. as far he's as I go. to be smart. <laughs> Santa's kind of useless in this. Like, he gets mugged 13 times before, like, the other immortals help him. He's thwarted by a locked door. <laughs> yeah, they really put all their chips in the wrong guy. Yeah. <laughs> Back the wrong horse. So he, he goes down through the chimney, and uh, once inside, he finds that the children's stockings were oh. hung by the fireplace to dry, so he decides to put small toys well, no, on. No, Gabe said he's going to no, eat, the, eat the stockings first. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he was still workshopping his routine. Yeah. It's like, mmm, socks. And they were not stockings, those were socks. <laughs> Uh, so he puts small toys in those while placing larger toys elsewhere. Heavy <laughs> slipping kids he got here. Uh, so uh, after Claus and the, the fam- leaves and the family wakes up, they refer to him as Saint Claus. Or oh, so Saint these Claus. parents fucking make out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fucking having sex on the floor. While these kids like, watch. Honestly, this this felt a little bit like a Rick and Morty episode. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then you wrote Jeff Bezos could never. <laughs> um, once Klaus returns, Peter Nook informs him that he can only use the reindeer once a year because he went over his lease or something and like couldn't like he he was like a minute late on daybreak or whatever. Um, you think you're the only one who wants to use this year? <laughs> I'm running a business here. So uh, it's decided that he can only use the reindeer once a year on Christmas Eve. Uh, a minute is a minute, and they're doing this it for the children. Minute. Good thing I wrote it down. It's very specific yeah. uh, Christmas Eve is only ten days away, so he will not have enough time to make the toys uh, You know, in that span of time. 
but in order for Claus to have enough gifts, Peter Nook finds and retrieves the toys stolen by the eye. So Yet again, he does something else for Santa. Santa just sits there and... Yeah. He's yeah. in bed having a depression spiral. <laughs> Santa said, if only I had the toys, let me not look for them. <laughs> well, well I'll, I'll go to sleep. I hope everything turns out okay. okay. But the specifics of that scene is that he's in bed and he's like, tonight won't be a happy night unless... And he looks underneath the sheets. <laughs> so, <laughs> Tonight won't be merry. <laughs> so, make make of that what you will. I, I um, so uh, you know, they, once again he's bailed out and he sets out on the first of his many Christmas Eve sleigh rides. Um, the council is touched, uh, but like, they're still the kind of like, they're like still like should we? Mm, mm. <laughs> Looking at their watches. <laughs> Uh, but it is confirmed that, that Santa will die soon. <laughs> so, uh, you know, as, as Klaus is nearing the end of his life, he's, like, decorating a little illuminated tree outside his house, and he's like, do this in memory of me. <laughs> so, um, uh, after hearing about Klaus's life and good deeds, the council unanimously votes to give him the mantle of immortality, which is like a golden fleece. <laughs> That for some reason the immortals had, but never gave him up until this point. Well, no mortal so. ever dared to, to be this so he, good. He's like 89 years old and will remain that way for the rest of the yeah. Now rest that you're old and achy, yeah. let's keep you that way. And then you know that we've got this crescendo building and how does it end? <laughs> good night, my immortal son. Er, yeah. And then oh, the yeah. next day is like, Ak shows up and he's like, hey. And then so I goes, hey. And then it ends. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't. Wh what does it end? I I I, I that already scene forgot. That Axe just standing there, like, oh, hello. oh good, yeah. bye, <laughs> and then that's no. The the ending note is uh, there's nothing more beautiful than a happy child, and then it's just cut, cut, <laughs> <Yeah>. hard cut. <laughs> Enough, we're out of time, out of budget. But that's the story of Christmas. Oh my god! <laughs> wow, and what a story it was. It finally, answer all the questions we had. Oh my gosh! And where there were questions, there's even more questions. <laughs> How many silver axes do we give this set of five silver axes? How, how many native species? I give it a... Uh, this one gets a four. This one, oh, oh four, this one will get, get a five uh, from me. This gets a six. Oh, <laughs> my God. I'll be watching this every year from now on. <laughs> the new Christmas classic. I, I, with Anya, I, I, I knew it would hit those notes. <laughs> And now when you guys try to explain it to people you love, you're just going to get put in you the asylum. You, no, you, yeah. you won't be able to find it. <laughs> like, it's, like, no, that, that doesn't exist. Um, <laughs> well, with that, thanks for joining, guys. Wait, did, did Dan give, did oh, you give your rating? did you? Oh, it's a five. Oh, yeah. a five. So. Uh, well, I have to. It's, it's uh, I don't know. Uh, again, I think it's, I think we've, we've had a good mix both times. And even so, as Gabe pointed out multiple like, there were a weird number of recurring things throughout all four of yes, these. Yes. The star was reused, mm -hmm. silver was reused, like, there was a lot of weird... Puppets lot of, were reused. Same, uh, yeah, a lot of the same puppets and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, with the animal puppets and everything, so... The well, sausage choir well, was yes. Yeah, the, uh, a lot of the humans were the same from some of the other ones we've seen, mm -hmm. too. Yeah. Yeah. Like the the peasants in the turnip field were, were Mama and Papa yeah. from Jack from Frost. Jack Frost, yeah. yeah. So well, yeah, yeah. Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas, <laughs> Merry Christmas I guess. Um, <laughs> before we go and get to recording our next episode, is there anywhere that our audience can find you on social media if you're able to be found? Uh, no. <laughs> well, great, cool. Gabe, 
no, you can find me through the Anime Was Not a Mistake podcast <laughs> socials. Wow, which are? <laughs> uh, uh, well, as always, folks, you can follow me on Instagram at King underscore Danis, our adjacent Anime Was Not a Mistake <laughs> podcast account, and our Facebook page. Yeah. But you knew that. I did, and you can find me, Jonathan Gorkowski, at Losing My Mind JK on Instagram and TikTok, Drink and Read JK on the Twitter, my other podcast, Redacted, 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 Redacted. And um, you can, if you like Dune, <laughs> there's a new podcast in town, season two of Drink mm-hmm. and Read is back. So available where fine podcasts are purloined. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> good night, everybody. <laughs> I don't know how to end this. You're always better at ending things than me, Dan. <laughs> I'll uh, put that axe away until next year and um, uh, uh, bienvenido. I don't. <laughs> Turn it off. <laughs> Here at Anime Was Not a Mistake, we have one mission. Whether you be a magical girl, a giant fighting robot, a raccoon, or just a fan of podcast in general, we hope to one day arrive at a definitive answer to the following question. Is anime a mistake? While we obviously don't think so, there's no harm in expanding our weave horizons now, is there? As of late, our humble little show is devoted to the analysis and discussion of movies, series, and episodes that show off that powerful art that is animation. However, none of this would be possible without listeners like you. If you like what you hear on Podbean, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and more, then why not support us on Instagram at Anime Was Not a Mistake Podcast, or on Facebook at Anime Was Not a Mistake Pod. We promise to go happies on the sake with you. Join us, won't you? This time and the next. And with that, Dan and I leave you with a to be continued as the chill anime beats play. Sayonara. <laughs>